Well, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy because I get invited back. Most places only have me once. <laughs> you know, you step on so many toes pretty soon, they just tell you, don't come back. But you know what? Last week we were talking about uh, the Great Commission and how we, we, we misinterpret the Great Commission into go and get safe, you know, safe people. That's not what it says. It actually says, go and make disciples, right? And the thing of it is, in order to be a disciple, we have to understand a few things. Well, this week God kind of put on to me, how many of you have heard these statements before? They're called the I am statements. How about this? I am the way. Never heard that, have you? Nobody. Look, not one folk. I, you heard it? Thank you, baby. My wife. Whew, I was like, man, I was reading the wrong book. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in there. You see, because through him, he says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Through all things that we need, we can find through him. Everything can be found through him because he is the way. How about this one? I am the light of day. Okay, I have I, a couple. All right, y'all been reading the book. You see, through him, we'll never walk in darkness. Yeah, or, or get lost. You ever been in the woods and your flashlight take a dump? <laughs> That's sketchy. I'm telling you right now, because you hear things you ain't never heard before, and you're like, hmm. I remember I was 11 years old, and my Royal Ranger commander took me out to the middle of nowhere, and, and, and it scared me to death, because we was out there, and he turned all the lights off. And he gave me a bag, and told me I had to sit out in the dark, and touch the back of the bag, and tap it, and do this. Because if I did that, a snipe would be attracted to that noise and a snipe would run into the bag and I would close the bag and I could come back with a snipe and we'd have supper. So I'm out there in the pitch dark going... And I'm hearing... I'm a little kid. I didn't know they were standing about 12 feet behind me. Because <laughs> it was dark, y'all. Right? But they gave me one. What do they call them? Big duffel bags. You know, the big ones and when you're in the army. and they get you, Yeah, you, the, the big ones with the big clip that come down. You sling over your shoulder, right? That's what I had. You know what happened? I moved the bag and that clip went shh, 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 shh on the canvas. What? Touched it, and that thing moved again. I closed that bag, and I was screaming, I got one! Now, my Royal Ranger commanders freaked out because they're like, my God, what did he catch? Hopefully it isn't poisonous. And I'm screaming, I got one, and I'm holding that up, and my commander goes, let me see that bag. And he grabbed it, and that thing went, all the way around. Ah! He goes, I don't know what this is, but it ain't a snipe. And I go, Yes, it's a snipe. I was in the dark. He goes, there's no such thing as a snipe. <laughs> then what's in there? They made us all go to the fire. As they opened the bag, and went. 
we heard it. Ever been in the dark and think you see and hear things that ain't, ain't never there? You know what I mean? The thing of it is, is he says he is the light. Do you know, I, my grandson, he come to my house and he's like, I have to take melatonin before I go to sleep because if you don't, I will not sleep. And I have to have a nightlight because if I don't, I will not sleep. And he gave me all these conditions. And I was like, give me your iPad, give me your cell phone, go to bed, turn light off. Do you know that kid, he went in there, he went in there and laid down and he was like, I'm not going <sighs> to. Never slept with nightlight, never had his iPad, went to sleep every night, never had anything. My, wife, my daughter's like, how did you do that? Because you know what, the light brings things into view and, and it keeps you occupied. Guess what? When darkness comes, I told him, if you're afraid of the dark, all you got to do is say the word Jesus and everything runs. That's not supposed to be there. There ain't no such thing as a boogeyman. And if he was, he'd be afraid of Jesus. So just say Jesus. Slept. He stayed with his 10 weeks. Never slept with a night. He went home. First thing he did, put a nightlight up. Took his iPad in. Right, but he says, I am the light of day. What about this one? I am the gate. Huh? That's an important one, by the way. Y'all figured this one out. If you ain't read these, look up the I am scriptures because I got a lot of people going, I know, gate of what? <laughs> you know, he, he's the one, he's the one that is our protection. Nothing can happen to us unless he allows it. Do you understand that? Do you know... I, I, I had a struggle with that one. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a struggle with I am the gate. You know why I had a problem with I am the gate? Why would God allow my wife to be stricken with cancer? Not once, not twice, but going on three. Why? Because if I had cancer, I'd be curled up in a fetal position in a corner crying like a girl. And she's standing up like a man going, me and God, we got this. You see, certain people are allowed to go through certain things because you know what? She's a testimony to me every day. To me. I'm supposed to be the one showing my wife. I don't have muscles anymore. They went away. But I used to, and I used to could. When I was a football coach, I used to do all kind of stuff. Now all of a sudden I'm a housewife. I am really good at it. I'm getting better and better. And, and she's thinking I'm gooder and gooder all the time, too, because we go, she come home, she ain't got a dust, she ain't got a vacuum, she ain't got to do, I cook? I'm not, man, I'm going to change my name. I'm going to be Bruce Jenner. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to leave him in California. And here's the thing. You guys got to understand something. You see, why would God, if God was the gate, you know what? He keeps things from folks that are too weak to handle. Because see, everybody says this scripture. They say, God would not allow anything uh, to happen to you you can't handle. Lie. That is a lie. That is a misrepresentation of scripture. The scripture says you shall not be tempted more than you can withstand. And if you do, he will provide a way of escape. That's a whole lot different 
Because Paul said, I am burdened unto death. Which means the things of this world can make you way down to where you think I'm going to die. The only difference is we have the hope that if this world does take us, guess where I'm going to be in the morning? <laughs> You guys think it's something bad. I told my wife, as long as we close escrow to where she can get her house, the Lord can take me because I cannot wait to walk on the streets of gold. I cannot wait to get up there and start singing the praises of the Savior who, who gave me a second chance when I didn't deserve it. Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chance. You know what I'm saying? But we got to understand these things. I am the gate, which means, guess what? He's got your back. And if things are too much and you start praying against things, He will shut the gate. How many times have you heard somebody say, God, open doors that need to be open and close doors that don't need to be... Isn't that what we do? God, if you don't want me to do this, close the door. A buddy of mine, he told me he wanted a Jeep so bad. He wanted a Jeep. His wife said, if you can get a financing, you can get a Jeep. He said, but it's got to be, she said, but it needs to be God's will. He goes, well, I know it's God's will. I, every man should have a Jeep. Every man should have a Jeep. And, and if you don't want a Jeep, then go ahead and drive your Ford home. Here's the thing. He goes, I want a Jeep. And he goes, I prayed, God help me with a Jeep. I want a Jeep, God help me. He goes, it took me 13 banks to find God's will. <laughs> Not sure that was God's will, but how many times have we done that in our lives? God, I want you to help me. God, I want you to guide me. God, I want you to do this. And then you shake and rattle and push until he's like, whatever, go ahead. I tried to shut the gate. You just kicked it on in. Go ahead, walk on into what you've got, right? The bad part about it is he brought that Jeep home. And he had that thing three days and the tranny messed up. It was a lemon. Out of the first year he paid payments, all year he had that Jeep, two and a half weeks. And he had to fight and make payments all that time. And when he got it back, he's like, well, I'm going to sell that piece of junk. Well, he was so far upside down, he couldn't sell it. And he was like, God, why would you do this to me? <laughs> I, I, I ain't going to tell on him because I've done the same thing. I've done it many times. Right? Like I said, first, fifth, second, third, fourth, six chances. <laughs> I want to do it again. Not, just saying. <laughs> How about this one? I am the bread of life. You see, he brings satisfaction that lasts for an eternity. You see, that's what I'm looking for. All the stuff that we can get here is all temporary. You get it? My house, it's pretty, y'all. It's going to be so nice. I'm going to have you all over. I'm going to give the address. We're going to go. We'll have a barbecue out back. You know, we'll kill the fatted calf. You know, we'll go back to biblical days. You know what I'm saying? Kill the fatted calf. Which one's that one? Get the big one. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch. We're hungry. How about this one? I'm the resurrection and the life. Wow. All right. Abel 
to give us an eternity that starts today. You see, here's the thing y'all are messing up with, and I did this too. I started talking, Kel. I started talking like, when I get to heaven, I'm going to start praising Jesus all day long. I can't wait to praise Jesus all day long. When I get to heaven. The promise started the day I asked him into my heart. Why wouldn't I start praising Jesus today instead of waiting? You know why? Because things and stuff are more important today. Think about it. How many things and stuff are more important? You know, back when I was growing up, there wasn't no baseball on Sunday. There wasn't no soccer on Sunday. There wasn't no practice on Sunday. You know what there was on Sunday? Church in the morning, playing out in the cornfield, playing cowboys and Indians and shooting each other in the afternoon, and then going to church to ask forgiveness for what we did during the afternoon on Sunday night. That was my Sunday. That was my Sunday. And then all of a sudden, my daughter, she was like, well, Daddy, you know, uh, we're going to ride motorcycles, and Yamaha wants to sponsor me and ride motorcycles. And guess when you ride motorcycles? Sunday. Nope. <laughs> That's God's day. We ain't doing nothing on Sunday. You know what used to happen? It used to be on Wednesday. They didn't do nothing on Wednesday neither. You know why? Because no kids would show up to nothing because they was all at church. Church was family night. And you want to know why this whole society is out of whack right now? It's because we gave in and we gave up and we decided, my kid needs more than I had when I was growing up. Shut up. You don't look like none of you are in here all tore up. Means you must have had enough to get you by. Really? How many of you in here? With, all right. How many of you in here older than 40 years old? Grew up with your own TV, your own bedroom, your own stereo. Raise your hand. Huh. You want to know why your kids are messed up? My son can't even talk to me. You know how he talks to me? <laughs> look, look. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Use your mouth. Put your phone down. Have a conversation. You know why? You know why? Because guess what? Well, I was too busy trying to give him more. I didn't sit and talk to him. I was so busy. Now, I'm lying because my son, my son and me spent a lot of time together. You know, we rodeoed. We ranched. He helped me build houses. We spent a lot of time talking. But a lot of time, I was ignoring him because I was working on a computer or talking on the phone. All of a sudden, things became more important. That's a hard balance to find. But you know what's crazy is you see what we're doing is we're allowing a generation to live in a fantasy world. You don't believe that? Look at some of the stuff your kids are looking at online. Look at their profiles. Look at some of the conversations they're having. They're making themselves into something they're not. They're talking like they're somebody they're not. Best people that don't really matter. Because the things of this world have been becoming more important than the things of the Lord. And whose fault? I don't blame the children. 
How, do I, how can I blame a child who has no social skills because they play video games all day because I'm too busy to take care of you? I'm too busy to sit there. I have got stuff. You know this house you live in? How do you think that's paid for? Go away. Here, take this iPad. Go just watch a movie. Get out of my face. Give me space. We do this all the time. My wife's looking at me like, you're, ste- you're not preaching anymore. You're meddling. <laughs> I just tell him what God's telling me to say. I asked him to say it before I started. Did y'all hear me? <laughs> so don't get mad at the preacher. You and Jesus have a talk later. Maybe that's what it's for. It's for you to him to talk. Just putting that out there. But I'm telling you right now, you know, the worst thing you can do is give your child something that takes him out of reality. Why? Anybody ever heard that from a child? I said no. Why? Because I said so. Why? Because it's not good for you. Why? (laughs) iPad. That's why. Right? Let me ask you a question. How many of us have sat down and said, have you ever heard the story Noah's Ark? How about the woman at the whale? Do you know what that story represents? How about Mary Magdalene? How about when they were going to stone and Jesus wrote something in the sand and they all left. What, what about the stories? Do you know we were watching the Passion of the Christ and they're like, who's that? What, what was, who was she? Why did he say, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son? They have no clue. You know Why? They're not searching for it on an iPad. I had children as young as 11 years old and 9 years old watching Passion of the Christ, and that's a fairly bloody movie. You know why they watched it? Why would they not watch it? You're letting them play video games where they're blowing each other's heads off. I'm being real. This ain't on my notes, y'all. This is just, man, y'all owe me like a buck 95. You get me? Here's the deal. We got to start being about the things of the Lord. You want your children to have better attitude? Start showing them the Jesus. You want your family unit to become tighter? Start showing Jesus. You want you want things that you know what? You got to make money. I know we all got to make money. If it wasn't for money, guess what? You wouldn't have a client one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How do you, how do you sell a house? Right? How are you going to buy that house you buying? How am I going to buy a house I'm buying? You understand money's an important thing, right? Monetarily, we got to have things. But guess what? I don't have to have a 9,418 square foot place with a 12 car garage because I ain't got 12 cars. Oh, if you have a few that you want to, you know, I, can, I wouldn't mind having a 12 car garage. <laughs> Putting that out there. <laughs> I'm park them over at my house, call them mine. Whatever. What I'm trying to tell you is we start looking at things and we start going bigger and better and more and more and more and more and more. But if we're not putting the things of God first, you know, the, those blessings are going to be the blessings you take for eternity. 
I want you, I'm going to slow that one down because that one we need to understand. If you take the things of this world and place them in front of the things of God, when it comes to your eternity, the things that you've accused here are what you're going to have for eternity. But if you put the things of God before the things of this world, all of a sudden he's going to give you the things that you desire from this world because you're looking to put things in heaven. I ain't never seen a hearse pulling a boat. Or Can-Am. Or Weekend Warrior. Or a bucket full of cash. Because the end's the end, and eternity starts then. What you get here stays here. Today I want to talk a little bit... Actually, I'm talking a lot. (laughs) About one of the I Am statements that is huge. It says, I am the good shepherd. You see, this statement Jesus made is a great claim to who he is, but it also gave us an example of what a disciple is supposed to be. You see, a disciple follows the truth no matter what. That makes sense to you? No matter what, the truth is what a disciple follows. You see, John 8, 31 says, You are truly my disciple if you keep obeying my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It also says by... By this, the world will know that you are my disciple. In, in, in John 13, 35, it says, uh, in that you love one another. Man, those are two biggins right there. I want you to think about it. It's two biggins right there. They'll know you are truly my disciples if you keep my teachings and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. hardest scripture in the world for me to live out I uh, spent what 20 years ago or so I had a man it was when uh, I think it was Facebook Facebook just started I think and we had a, a big pool at my house I was a youth pastor and these three beautiful young girls decided they were going to take a pictures of themselves in a bikini and put it out there on, uh, at, at my youth pastor's uh, partying it up, right? Well, we had a thing, no, no two pieces, one was one rule. And the other one is even if your one piece was a one piece, but it wasn't too appropriate, we made you put on t T-shirt. And I had some pretty ugly T-shirts I made them wear in my pool. You know what I'm saying? So they actually went and sh- shopped for, and so they came and they put on a T-shirt and they were fine. Their father happened to look at this profile picture and didn't understand that it was a picture they had put in the mirror and took. And he put out there and started going around telling everybody in town that I was a pedophile and that I was taking inappropriate pictures of their daughters. And I was like, bring that sucker in here. We're going to have a talk face to face. I mean, uh-uh, you ain't calling me. And my pastor told me, stop. 
the truth will set you free. Well, come in here, let me give him my version of the truth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> me and him going to have a face-to-face. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? It took almost eight months. Eight months, y'all. I was, there were people in town going, don't let your children go to that youth group. And I was going to my pastor, bring him in here. He's not going to tarnish my reputation. Bring him in here. Nothing happened. Finally went in, had boxes in the back of my pickup truck, and we was going in. I was going to pack them up. I was done. Had the keys on a different key ring. I was going to go in, pack up all my, my books, my, my laptop, and I was putting my resignation letter, had it in my back pocket in an envelope, and the keys on the desk. I was done. I ain't going to do it. And I parked my truck, and you know what? That father pulled up behind me. And I thought, <laughs> vengeance is mine, says Jeffrey Lee. Oh, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong right here. <laughs> I jumped out my hand down here ready to go to town, right? And he, and this boy's big old boy. He's big. And he got out and he went down to his knees. He said, Pastor, please forgive me. I said, what? I thought, he's playing with me. Because... Uh, you know, it's been eight months, y'all. And he goes, I finally nailed Brianna down. That picture was taken at my house in my bathroom. I didn't know they could take the picture like that. I said terrible things about you to anybody that would hear me. Because I thought you did something disgusting. And I never gave you the chance to defend yourself. Forgive me. I said, yeah, if you'll do me a favor, could you throw these boxes away and, and this letter needs to go with it. We were there three more years. Because guess what? I didn't give up. I did. <laughs> I gave up. But I had somebody telling me the truth will set you free. You see, it's not in my timing. Because guess what happened? Just when he did this, guess what was going on the next week? There was a revival. You know what happened during that revival? He brought all those people he had talked to. And he said, come here. And he stood in front of the whole group and said, I lied about this man. And he stood on the word of God. Man, good day, right? But you've got to understand something. It says that you, they will know you're his disciples by loving one another. Gary, did you hear what they were doing? Oh my gosh, this is what's going on. But you can't tell anybody. You understand that's exactly what happens? How much love is showed there? How much love is showed there? You know what's love? I'm just going to pray for you. Not go out and tell everybody. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to stand here and I'm going to say stupid things like, i seen it, don't worry. Hey, if you ever need me, call me. You hear me? Love, love is, if me and her, 
her, <laughs> you're not her, you're it. <laughs> if me and this beautiful woman right here only talked to each other when we were 100% happy with each other, <laughs> I'd have to introduce myself to her. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff, I'm your husband. Yes, I know we haven't talked in a year and a half, but... See, sometimes the conversations we have aren't necessarily pleasant. Yesterday, I had one of oh my, every once in a while, I have a day where things in my body don't do what they're supposed to. And I was like completely dizzy, ready to fall down at all times, couldn't even hardly get in and out of my wheelchair yesterday. And we went to town. How silly when you're terrible and you're going to load up you know, my brother Alan, he was like, you know, helping me in and out, putting my stuff up, you know, and helping me get into the chair. And it's like, you know, because it was a bad day. A bad day. Had a bad day. You know what's funny? Was we had a bad day and, and it got even better because my wife found a craft for me to do. So I'm having a bad day and I'm painting chalk paint on chairs. Sitting in my wheelchair, trying to look underneath the chair like this. <laughs> right? Because sometimes even when I'm having a bad day, guess what? In order to make her have a good day, I'm going to do it, right? Because I love her. How many of your brothers and your sisters that are sitting right here had a bad day? And you walk by going, I ain't talking to her. <laughs> Stay away. Right? I got news. We have a bad day. My daddy always told me, never go to sleep mad. You ever tried to stay awake for four hours or four days? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Four days, because sometimes she makes me so mad, it's like, well, I'll see you come Thursday. And she's like, fine. <laughs> she don't care. It bothers me some, you know, because I'm like... She could lose me. She ain't losing much. <laughs> I lose her. I'm losing it all. You know what I'm saying? I got pretty. I got smart. I got, you know what I'm saying? She's looking at me. She's like, I ain't got to push a wheelchair no more. You know what I'm saying? I get to deal with legs. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying. You got to understand, sometimes we got to learn to love one another. Really love one another. You see, one of the things that Jesus meant when he said, the good shepherd. He didn't say, I'm a shepherd. He didn't say, I'm a good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd means there's only one. Right? There's only one. The greatest showman on earth. Who is it? Barnum Bay, right? No other circus went out there and stated that. He is the good shepherd, which means, you know what? He is the one that we are supposed to emulate. He is the perfect one for us to strive to be like. You see, <laughs> some of us, there, there, there's a way. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm watching. I'm watching. Every one of us like to think we're good. 
You know that? Everyone in this room thinks you're good to an extent. You think you're good? Can I ask you a couple questions to see if you're right? All right. You ever told a lie? In your life, have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? Uh, a piece of gum, a pencil at school, something? Have you ever been upset and accidentally, <laughs> on purpose, used God's name in vain? Have you ever looked at a woman in your life with lust in your eyes? <laughs> so he just lied. He just lied. So you already admitted that you're a lying, thieving, blaspheming adulterer. Because the Bible says if you looked at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's what the Scripture says, right? So here, you're a lying, cheating, thieving, adulterer, and blaspheming but we still think we're good. You see, the thing of it is, is we all want to be good. And we'll overlook our bad to see our good. You see, to be a good shepherd means, you know what? You can ask him those questions and he's going to say no. None of us have the ability to accomplish that. So why are we trying to walk around, or roll around, in my opinion, and do act like we're all got that all you know i got it all together some of us strive so hard to let everybody think we got it all together i got the perfect marriage i got the perfect wife i got the perfect children i got the perfect house i got the perfect car i got the perfect boat I got the perfect can am i got everything perfect you know what you're doing you're lying to yourself number one and number two you're worried more about what you have here than what you have in heaven You know what makes my life happy? When I see my 20-year-old son sitting right up there, stop playing the bass because Jesus and him are having a moment. That's better than me watching him win a world title in Taekwondo. I was excited. Now, don't get me wrong. I was pretty, <laughs> yeah, that kid from Brazil and him went after it. I was like, Yup, baby, my boy is the world champion, right? I was all excited. But you know what fulfills me more than anything? Watching him praise Jesus. You know what makes my wife perfect? Isn't the fact that she's only the most beautiful woman God ever created or that she treats me better than anybody's ever treated me. <clears throat> and that we've never argued a day in our marriage. She's gonna, yeah, right. She's gonna ask forgiveness later. The thing of it is, the yeah, one, yeah, not one day, right? And the, the thing of it is, is not only did God give me this, but you know what makes her perfect? Is when I was hurting and I was lost. She was the one that was praying at night. God, I know that you've got a call in this man. And I know when I married him that he has a, you have a plan for him and he's not wearing that. He's not there. And the day that I came to her and I said, I'm not doing drugs anymore. I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. I'm not doing anything. I need to get off of all this. Moved back to California. 
because we was living in Tennessee. I said, move back to California and uh, give me at least three months to get this out of my system. And then we'll come and talk. I sold the property, sold everything I needed back there. I came back to California and I walked up. Because then I was walking. I walked up and I knelt before and I said, I have not been the husband you deserve. But I'm asking you to marry me. Will you marry me again? And let me have the chance to be the husband. And from that time forward, six weeks later, we were in the ministry. not that we we're perfect we're striving for things we're not going to reach being the good shepherd he said he would lay down his life for his sheep he did the perfect lamb laid down his life we just celebrated his resurrection laid down his life you know that's a big statement You know, when my son was in a coma and was laying there, I prayed to God, let me trade places. He was just a six-year-old baby boy. And I was like, God, I made many mistakes. You know what I'm saying? I deserve to die. I deserve to have my life taken. But he don't, he hadn't done nothing. Let me trade places. I cried, I begged, I pleaded. And I gladly would have given my life for him. Because that love was that deep. You know, it's funny. Was We were talking about, you know, how we're, we're weird people. You know, we worry about, uh, you know, the apocalypse. You know, which is, you know, when Biden's little troops come out and try to take my guns. Because <laughs> it's going to get ugly in my house, by the way. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know. It's like, you heard a lot of banging my house <laughs> you know what I'm saying and it's one of the things where we were talking and I was like I bought body armor and my wife's like why because if me and my son have to fight we're going to be okay but you're going to be protected I'm going to put you somewhere you know what I'm saying because I'm going to protect her life her life's more important to me than mine but Jesus had that view the true love the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I hate it when I hear people say, but you don't know, preacher, what I've done in my life. <laughs> Y'all don't even have a clue who you're looking at. Because, yeah, I got this nice little dude, right? Used to have long hair down the middle of my back. Goatee hanging down here. Rode a Harley with some boys, did some bad things. Drinking, drugs. Get me? I didn't always have a smile on my face. I had a lot of hatred in my heart. Jesus changed me. And the thing of it is, is I didn't know how to get right. You understand what I'm saying? When you're so far gone, you don't know how to get back to right. Has anybody ever felt like, you know, understand, I've went so far down a path, I don't know how to get back. You see, that's where it says he's the light. I am the light of day. Because no matter how far down the path you've went, he can show you the way back. 
The issue is, are you willing to learn? You see, I love history. You know why I like history? It's not because they're all old people and they're dead. It's because if you learn history, you won't repeat the bad stuff. You know, if you look at where we're at as society right now, look at Cuba, look at Russia, look at China, look at where we're headed, because you know what? We don't, we don't teach history. You don't teach what happens, and it's a slow roll, right? You see history in my life? gives me a path not to go back on either <laughs> see when i said something this morning on the way here uh my wife <laughs> she's like raised her eyebrows you see that like shut your mouth <laughs> see i have this addiction it, you know i it's not not a bad addiction it's not like you know i'm smoking or nothing like that there's this can with a, a beautiful green m on it and it's like the nectars of God. It is. It is. You, pssst, I, and, and I'm, I can feel like I can walk. It's called a monster. I love them. And my wife said, they're bad for you. You need to stop that. And I said, okay, I'll make a deal with you. You lose 30 pounds, I'll quit drinking. What? <laughs> you see, she looked at me and I was like, oh. We're both going to get healthy. <laughs> History says after I had a conversation on the way here, I won't say that again. But Lisa, but Lisa had my back. Now, my sister, she had my back. She was like, you have to know that, you know, in America, our diet doesn't promote thin. And, you know, we're all, if you really want to be honest, all of us are overweight. Except for like two people we... <laughs> In my mind, that's what she sounded like. All people, except for two people, and they're like, you know, they're sinners, and they don't eat, you know. They're, you know, Medina. She's like, this been around, you know what I'm saying? And, and Becca, and, and, and I, think, I don't think she eats. And, and it's one of those things where everybody else is like, you know, if we're honest with it, everybody could. And actually, you know, we could probably lose more. Your ideal weight's probably more than 30 pounds less. So he was actually giving you a compliment. I'm like, yes. I get to preach and I'm not going to be bleeding. It's awesome. But history, <laughs> but history is this. History is this. When you make a mistake, you don't keep repeating the same mistake. You get me? You don't make the same mistake over and over again and expect a different outcome. <laughs> I got news. If we're on the way home, I'm like, by the way, babe, you know what? I was trying to be nice with 30. You could actually lose 50. We're going to be in a fight. And I got news. Lisa's not going to be able to say, I'm not helping you now, brother. You are out the door. Cause you understand what I'm saying? No, because history says I pushed the limit. So we all know 30 pounds is the limit. Okay, that's what I'm just saying. We got to figure out what. I told her the only reason I said that is because I know I need to lose 20.
<laughs> yeah, Monday's coming, y'all. Monday's coming. Right? I need I'm getting away because she might hit me. I, I need you to understand history. The thing of it is, is guess what? You've got to leave it there, right? You see, when I said we, we come to the altar and we leave things at the altar, right? You leave it here, but you have to remember what you did that you had to lay down. You don't dwell on it, but you remember the way you don't go pick it back up. It's so funny to me. I had a, I had a friend. He's like, I, I need to quit smoking. I said, I didn't even know you smoked. Well, I only smoke when I drink. <laughs> well, don't drink. But then what am I going to do with these cigarettes? Are you kidding me? Right? How many of us are putting ourselves in a position all the time to where when God shows us, this is the way. I am the way. I am the gate. I am the shepherd who's here to protect you. I'm the one who laid my life down for you. And we're going, yeah, but. Right? Yeah, but. You know, my grandma, <laughs> she was funny. She had this little sign. Because my, my aunt, she, she was a chain smoker, you know. And she smoked them long brown cigarettes. I don't remember what they's called. But they was like four foot long. It looked like when I was a kid. They was like this long. And she would have one smoking, and she would be lighting another one in her, you know, and all the time. And she, my grandma, she couldn't handle it. And she was like, you need to not, not in my house. You know? So she put a sign together on the front door. And when my Aunt Betty came, there was a sign that says, we know that some of you must smoke. By that, we can't abide. But if you really have to smoke, take your butt outside. How many of us have friends that are, are not taking us down the right road? You know, my son, he, uh, he's an instructor out at Front Sight. And, and, you know, all these paramilitary wannabe, you know, G.I. Joe fellas, you know, they're not some of the most, uh, <laughs> you know, God-fearing people in the world. They think they can take care of themselves, right? I told him, I said, why are you worried? Why, why would you think God put you there? He put you there to be the light. Sometimes we're putting in situations to be the light. But you've got to make sure God went there first. You understand what I'm saying? You better make sure God got there first. Because if you're going to like, I'm going to go do this, follow me. I ain't never seen a shepherd let the sheep control it. Right? Here's the deal, y'all. This is all over the map, right? Shotgun preaching. Right? Which means I hit somebody somehow. But here's the thing you've got to understand. Who is he? To you. He told you. He told you who he is. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. He told you. He told you that he is the light of day. He told you that he is the gate. He told you he's the bread of life. He told you he's the resurrection and life. He told you he was the shepherd that you need to follow. Who are you allowing him to be for you?
That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Who is God to you? Different night, different day, different story. But guess what? Y'all need to figure it out right now. Because you know what? Those beautiful children that were sucked out there, right? 